Oh, let's go. Let's make a podcast. Let's make a podcast. Great, it's another bass podcast. Hello there and welcome to Oh Great, it's another bass podcast. This is episode four. I believe so. It's been I believe so. It's been a while. Yep. A while. It's been a while. Uh, My while. name is Eric. I am Samuel or Sam. And uh, we're gonna talk about bass today, as we <laughs> tend to do. Yeah, as we usually do. Um, um it, yeah, it's uh, been a go while. Ahead. You were... No, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been and, a while. Um, the topics are quite, quite hastily put together, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we yeah. we went to a concert just or two days ago together. Yeah, yeah, we did. So we should have, uh, and I mean, we've had a lot of time to figure <laughs> <laughs> topics out, but we haven't. So hey, <laughs> yes. Uh, but life's been busy. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. So uh, yeah, we went to a concert uh, mm. on Friday. We went to see Haken and Between the Bird and Me and uh, Cryptodira. Cryptodira. I, yeah. I can't pronounce their name. I I, I bought a T-shirt from them actually yeah. to support With the them. Turtle. Yeah, with the yeah, uh, I love turtles, so I figured. Hey. <laughs> nice. It was that or a cat, like ah. a big selling point for me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so what do you uh, think about the show? Uh, playing wise, it was superb. Like all mm. three bands really delivered the goods in terms of playing. Yeah. Um, I mean, between the bird and me, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not a fan, but mm. I'm not like. I'm not so versed in their like discography and no. whatnot, uh, so, uh, so it, it was cool set to see as a you know new listener. No. Uh, really like that, and um, I, I enjoyed Cryptodira as well. Like they they really like brought their A game uh, yeah. as a support band. So hats off to them. Yeah. And Haken was yeah Haken was amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I mean we talked about this. I would have preferred a few more older songs then again i totally get that they were doing a lot from virus and from fauna now as Mm. they haven't they weren't able to tour uh, virus due to the virus and Hmm. (laughs) so i totally get that um but yeah like my my best moment in the concert was i think falling back to earth i think that was my biggest um goosebump moment Uh, however i did enjoy like the entire set was great, uh, yeah. like given what it was, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what what are your feelings about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said at the concert, uh, between the Baird and me, they played, except for the last song, they played completely different set lists than what they did last time. So it was all new songs for me live, and you know the kind of energy they bring on stage. They're like so so amazingly tight as a group. It's ridiculous how good they are live. Uh, their music is quite complicated and have so many parts to remember and I'm so surprised they can actually put it all together live yeah yeah that was really mind-blowing actually uh, and like I said the, the drummer Blake he's like he steals the show every single show <laughs> yeah it, it was amazing and I, I really enjoy what they did with the mix on the drums like they put yeah. on these gated reverb toms on certain parts mm. like to get that 80s like yep. they they really like their front of house uh, guy or gal was uh, superb yeah. I must say uh, and great, I mean, great sound yeah I, I enjoyed Haken I always enjoy Haken I mean you always do uh, but 
honestly like the two last records um, aren't my favorites <laughs> I know we discussed this at length so I won't do it here but um, I, I also wanted some, a few older tracks and maybe like something softer because their new material is so much metal compared to their older stuff uh, there's yeah, also balance yeah very riffy very very riffy I mean I was obviously keeping keeping my eye on Connor the bass player all, all evening and there was very few sections he didn't use a pick on yeah uh, and I, I did a rig uh, rig checkout video as, mm. uh, as as you've seen I mean I sent you the, the video uh, beforehand yeah uh, as your as your mate, yep. so he gets videos <laughs> early, um, and and he said that like he he goes for the pick when, yeah. he, when he's doing the riffy yeah. riffy riff stuff, which I totally understand, totally agree with. You yeah. know, in in terms of you know modern prog metal, a pick really benefits. I mean, you could do it with your fingers, but then you get like yeah, th- there is something to playing bass with a pick when the guitar players are playing the way that they are. Mm. I mean, if you're playing in Iron Maiden or Judas Priest, fingers work just fine. Oh, but if wait. you're gonna do it like gentle... Does the bass player of Judas Priest play with his fingers or pick? He plays with a pick, Ian, but he played <laughs> with his fingers... I think he played with his fingers up till like British British Steel or something, mm. if, I, if I'm not mistaken, and then he went for a pick. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas Steve Harris was uh, asked to play with a pick in 1980 and, yeah. it, <laughs> and told the producer to, to go and yeah. do unspeakable things yes. himself. <laughs> um, no, no, but it was, a, it was a great show and uh, I mean, the problem is with this technical kind of music, like you said it at the concert and I think the, not to be like that, but the average listener... They they would have enjoyed the music a bit more maybe than like musicians would. I mean, it, obviously the both bands are very much musician music bands, you know. Um, yeah. Like the kind of brilliant technical stuff, but at the same time, I found it a bit hard to enjoy the music at times because the 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 live mix was at times so bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I gave this some thought. I talked to, you know, Andreas Pasmark, uh, mm, yeah. who plays with uh, Royal uh, Royal Blood and yeah. uh, no, not Royal Blood, Royal Hunt, mm, so. mm. Uh, Royal Hunt, and played with Narnia, and you know, he's, yeah. he's a mate of mine. And we talked about because he did a gig playing covers, and they pitched down uh, for one song because there was this guy who wanted to mm. guest on, like doing Rock the Night or something. <laughs> okay. And they he, he, he and they pitched down his uh, bass to uh, like a a full step down to D standard. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no one, no one noticed uh, that I was doing that. And I told him like, yeah, I did two nights in a row, mm. pitch down uh, one, you know, one semitone to yeah. E flat standard. <laughs> and no one was like, hey, your bass, it sounds a bit weird. Like no one, no one cares. Because yeah. like, like I told you, and hey, hold on to your socks now, folks, because like no one cares about the bass unless mm. it's, out of time, out of tune, or you, you know, gone completely. Up. That's, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's when people like notice the bass. I mean, like, hands down, that's that's the truth. Yeah. And the only guys who care about, you know, a great bass tone, uh, that's usually us bass players. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what what more reason do you need to care about your bass tone than it's fun? But mm. like when when we saw Haken, yeah. like no one would. No one would consider that a bad mix, I think. No one in the no. audience, except for bass players. Yeah. Because 
you could hear the vocals. Yeah. That's like you can hear like if you can hear the singing, that's then it's fine. Yeah. Then it's a good mix. Uh, and like, oh, I wish the keyboards were louder, or you know, I wish the bass was clearer, or mm. less sub bass on the drums. Like, no one in the audience yeah. thinks like that. Who who isn't a musician and you know knows <laughs> knows true. their stuff? Yeah, uh, I mean, we talk sad but true. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot with a, like having a having a high pass filter or a low cut filter. Uh, because, like, I, I just don't get why so many sound guys has to put the bass just in the sub bass with a kick drum uh, and just leave it there with no definition at all because it contributes absolutely nothing to the music, in my opinion. No, no, I, I think... I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this theory that I have. I mm. have this untested theory that sound guys these days mm. are mixing for iPhone video. Could uh, be. Like the mixes, yeah, the, the mixes that you hear at the venue, they always sound great. When you look at the video on your phone, it's like, damn, it sounded great that night. That's uh, a true. Friend of mine, a, colleague, he, a colleague of mine, he went to see, I think it was Green Day and a bunch of bands mm. at like Friends Arena here in Stockholm. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sound was pretty, pretty bad, actually. And mm. I, he sent me some videos like, it sounds really good. Actually, it sounds really good on the, ca- on the camera. Yeah. So, I mean, that's totally a conspiracy theory. Mm. Like, hands down, it. I mean, it does, doesn't make any sense that they would do that. But there might be something to it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the issue is, when you have those, those chugging kind of riffing music that both between Veronimi and Haken does from time to time, and you put so much sub-bass in the kick drum and with the bass guitar, it just becomes like a big murmur you know, like like a big yeah. wall of sound that's just like, and you literally get tired from it because it's just noise. You know. Yeah, it's fatiguing. It's yeah. really fatiguing. And I mean, yeah. my my point is, the way I enjoy the, the reason I enjoy the music of between the Verdi and me and Haken so much is because both bands have these tendencies to put so much hidden information in their music you know like the small yeah. touches of the extra like on overlays and stuff uh, and yeah. all those intricacies easter eggs, yeah will. easter eggs and they, they sadly get lost in the mix literally and <laughs> again going back to the thing that I know Brangentino on their amplifiers they they have both an, F, an HPF and, and, and the opposite one you know a high pass filter um, and and a low pass if you want it so, so like because live you if you cut out those frequencies before the front of the house uh, you'll probably have a better chance to getting a better bass tone yeah I mean I do that I cut everything below I think I think it's like 65 hertz yeah I have a roll off yeah uh, even on on my woofy uh, neck pickup there is a roll off yeah. at yeah. like 65 because uh, and no audio engineer has ever complained about me doing that. I, I have, no. I've gotten some not, not complaints, but like, hey, could you perhaps uh, put that a bit higher? Like the the high the sorry the low pass. I mean, I usually cut around like one thousand nine hundred hertz. Everything above that is mm. cut away. Yep. Uh, so normally for the front of house signal, I don't do that anymore. I, I mm. roll it off way higher. I like like 4k or something mm. uh, just so that they can roll off as much as they want but yeah, yeah i mean and i i, I gave it some thought again uh, and uh, when we did these two two nights in a row there mm. uh, two two weeks back uh, we had the same 
front of house, house guy and he he's part of the venue and oh. he's really dedicated to nice. to this particular venue so he has like you know installed these uh, high cut filters in the basement they actually told me like yeah i've, <laughs> I've rolled off everything below 80 hertz uh, in the sub bases <laughs> that's great uh, because that way the neighbors don't complain they don't get that <laughs> because uh, uh, it's so smart because yeah. uh, everyone in the audience gets that punch that yeah. you want but yeah. you don't get that flubber sound that just yeah. travels yeah. there is nothing of that so I mean, I think like doing sound in different venues every night is hard. Mm. And like, I mean, H- Haken and Between the Bird and Me and all these modern metal bands, they do, they have modelers. So that makes everything a yeah. wee bit easier. Yeah. But you still have to take into consideration like the drums. Yeah. Because they always, they react to the rooms differently. And mm. you don't want that plexi, you know, cage around a drummer i mean yeah. it sounds way better it's it's a great way to get a nice and perfect mix mm. but damn it's like putting the drummer in a cage yeah and, uh, but you could also hear on the concert like it had the resonance of the bass drum it wasn't dampened enough it was or dampened no. again is that a word in english i <laughs> swinglish i, I uh, think so yeah swinglish yeah swinglish. it wasn't dampened enough sound wise because you could hear the bass drum just ringing forever uh, yeah. And and that was an issue as well. Like there was too many. Like they needed some kind of resonance peak filter or something like that because there was an awful resonance going on the bass drum that like magnified the issue we had. But began yeah. to me. I'm th- gonna stick my uh, yeah. I'm gonna stick my neck out there. Mm. And why not just use triggers yeah, for the drums absolutely <laughs> and, and some i mean i mean if you want to make it easy on your own and yeah. you don't need to use like electronic drum kits you could always use your acoustic drum kit yeah. but just use triggers and sorry for <laughs> sorry for saying this like drummers mm. out there i love you all but uh, in, in terms of you know making things easier yeah. uh, and again like you never know with ai these days some <laughs> like one day yeah. i mean i swear to god it's gonna probably gonna be not launched at NAM. You, I'm, 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 I'm gonna put money on this. Like someone will launch a an artificial intelligence mixing desk mm. that mixes. You know, you're <laughs> like, okay, here is the template. I want. We, we got two guitars, keyboards, nice. bass, drums, four vocals. Yeah. Here, mix it. I mean, of course, master. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, why not? Because. Because if you have like just a, just a good code, you can just separate. Oh, don't put any freaking frequencies below a certain amount of hertz you know it's easy to program yeah, so, so I, I don't see why yeah. we can do that and i, I mean we have mastering ais now yeah, so they work pretty well actually yeah. really really well actually i mean i have a friend uh, i think we have a mutual friend from gothenburg he posts regular he, he works as a sound guy and he's a really great bass player and guitar player but he also p- always posts his live mixes on facebook like what his eq settings are and <laughs> 10 times out of 10 he has a low a low cut filter or a high pass filter on the lowest yeah. end because he knows exactly what he's doing he knows those frequencies will only cause like noise yeah. havoc <laughs> yeah yeah wreck havoc yeah and i mean his his, so, yeah. uh, his his job is making the artist sound good in that case and that's what he's doing and it's so refreshing to see someone actually understands not only how the bass should sound live, but the, like the placement of all the other instruments. Yeah. That that being said, like I enjoyed Connor's live tone. Mm. Uh, like he had a few like solo spots where the audio engineer actually 
pulled him up a yep. bit in the mix, and yep. that was that was spot on. Was yeah, great tone, Connor. If you're listening now, man, it was great tone. Absolutely, a nice beard. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, I agree. The when you yeah. can when you can actually hear the solo bass, uh, it sounded really good. Uh, both the clean tone yeah. and, and the driven tone. Uh, Very much so. Should we? Um, Move on. Yeah, to we have other we had some, other stuff. Yeah, we had some nice, uh, refreshing topics today. Um, oh yeah, uh, speaking of live live sound compressors and why you should use one. Yeah, uh, I know uh, you're a big fan of compressors. So, uh, w- what what compression do you use live and in studio? Uh, it, it differs. I I've actually lightened up a bit on the compression now mm. for my like live tone. Um, oh. I I've, I've I've been stacking compressors uh, <laughs> on and off, but now I've actually gone to just one compressor pretty much yeah. uh, at the beginning of the chain yep. at around four to one ratio. Uh, a it's a pretty much an eleven seventy six based yeah. compressor into quad cortex. Yep. Uh, and um, I'm also using the limiter, the Suncoast LM1 mm. uh, limiter, in conjunction with distortion and whatnot. So that that's also a type of compressor. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and I'm just using it to even things out. Yeah. And I mean, the front of house guy or gal is gonna add compression as well. So. I mean, I, I did gigs with uh, structural disorder back in the day where I was like compressing like crazy, mm. <laughs> like there were like three <laughs> stages of compression or something. Yep. And the front of, I remember one one time, like the front of house guy was like, "Yeah, bass tone was great. I used to add a bit of compression." I was like, "How could you?" <laughs> 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 like, it was just one big transcend? But yeah, mm. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, in the studio, I I do use it way more uh, yeah. on my bass tone. Um, because nobody's As, perfect, you know, you know? It, like the, even the most consistent no. bass player will still have some inconsistencies and that's what, what a good compressor does. Yeah, even something inconsistencies and I actually talked to um, Per Schalander, who is the bass player for House of Shakira. Mm. Uh, we have this little low-enders Facebook uh, messenger mm. uh, thread back from when they visited me like back oh, yeah, two yeah, years yeah. ago three yeah. years ago uh, so we got this chat going where we you know send bass stuff nice. from time to time yep. and he uh, was like for 20 years I've placed my compressor before my drive circuit and now I placed it afterwards and I like it <laughs> how had I done this before <laughs> yeah uh and I think it was Basse Bliber who said, like, yeah, because before, if you place it before the distortion, that's rock and metal. And afterwards, <laughs> that's just fusion yeah. and jazz. Nobody wants that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, placing a compressor after the distortion also has its, like, really nice benefits mm. because you can actually get the dynamic ra- range of the drive circuit yeah. compared to before. If you place it before the drive circuit, you just get more consistent attack. Yeah. Whereas placing it afterwards... I mean, it still makes your attack consistent, but it makes the drive uh, react more to your actual playing and mm. you digging in rather than, you know, yeah. the compressor <gasps> sending it just one uh, straight yeah. signal. I had, I had both uh, the Supersymmetry and the Hyperluminal from Dark Glass at one point. Uh, and I, I think I prefer the Hyperluminal because it had the mode, the 1176 mode where yeah. everything was on, like full, like full ratio. Uh, and that yeah, mode, the, the big, yeah. I love that mode because when when I use compression, I, I 
I use it because it sounds more even, it sounds better, but I also want to have, you know, the effect where the compressor actually colors the sound a bit. Yeah. Uh, and the, the everything That's... on mode on the 1176, for people not in the know, the 1176 is like a legendary compressor from Universal Audio. Uh, it, it's a staple in every studio in the entire world. Um, but just yeah. you know what we're talking about um yeah that one or copies of it <laughs> yeah copies of it uh but that's the uh that's one one of the models in the hyperluminal uh and you can do the, like the ratio with everything on and it just it adds this kind of harmonic saturation in a way like yeah. almost like a distortion but but it's 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 a different thing but it adds so much character to the sound and i love that yes it's very pleasant to use, yeah. Um, especially if you've got a more standard bass. I find when I'm using my uh, Demarcio basses, it mm. they usually are a bit too hot for it, so they distort a bit too much, yeah. actually. But uh, but yeah, I mean, but but it's interesting pretty, because pretty cool. during my my time in music education, especially in, in higher up, like post high school, after gymnasium. There are so few bass teachers I had that actually like encouraged people to use effects. It was always about you know the bass and the amp, which I like. Uh, there's a special thing to have there, but like I was never taught the beauty of effect pedals in, in music education. No, uh, same here, and uh, I don't think that. Our teachers are to be faulted for that actually i think mm. it's more the sign of the times and the way that people approached you know tones mm. back then because yeah. like uh, i mean i mean these days everybody knows like what a chorus pedal is and yeah. you know how what it sounds like like <laughs> yeah. that was the dark glass adam compressor or, oh. or sorry chorus actually nice. um but but i mean like distortion on bass, I remember when I bought my first ever distortion pedal, mm. uh, which was the EBS Multi Drive. I oh, still have it. Same, uh, I had it as well. I, it. <laughs> I still have the box as well. It's pretty, pretty cool. Nice. Um, but but I remember buying that, mm. and that was like a big thing. Like I had uh, friends in my class like borrowed it for gigs and everything. Yep. Like, oh, we want to borrow your distortion pedal. Sounds so cool. Uh, but like, I think it had to do with like my teacher mainly not being you know he didn't care for effects he didn't care for that type of bass tone he wanted like you mm. know a clean consistent yeah. bass tone that was all he wanted and to be fair that's mostly what you need and yeah. uh, as long as in, it's in in time and in tune you're you're good to go yeah. that's like <laughs> 99% of it uh, but but yeah I mean nobody talked about compression yeah. back in those days no one I remember like the first time I put on a compressor in Logic uh. this was must have been like 15 years ago or something mm. like yeah anyways I put on a compressor for the first time I was like everything sounds better everything <laughs> is louder yep. this is and I did I didn't do anything to the ratio or never nothing it was just you know, mm. like Logic Pro 9 put the compressor on I was like this is amazing. Why haven't yeah. I used a compressor before? <laughs> because we, we uh, tend to find louder sounds sound better than, than softer sounds. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's a human totally, thing. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, people gravitate towards certain types of tubes. Yeah. Because the amplitude is higher, and uh, mm. whereas the EQ curve is not very 
different, especially on, you know, yeah. metal guitars. You can't really make out <laughs> the difference. Sorry, uh, that's... Uh, that's only because... Echoing what the... Yeah. No, go ahead. Said. Yeah. No, it, 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 this has been something that Mr. Mr. Glenn Fricker has pointed out <laughs> in videos. Like, he made null tests with, you know, he compared different tubes mm. and uh, just did reamps and was very careful about, you know, not moving the amp and using the same IRs and everything. I was like, yeah, you can't hear for shit. Mm. If there's a six oh six or EL, you know, no one, no one can hear that. Yeah. And you know the rage that he got. I mean, he, he has done so many, you know, you know, Tonewood videos. He did like he compared a guitar built like you know Maple Neck and yeah. Alder Body and Rosewood Neck and Ma- Maple Body. I don't know, but you know, mm. he was like, yeah, if you can point out the timestamps where I'm changing guitars you're getting one of them mm. and n- surprise no one could and, <laughs> i mean i mean me and connor talked about this at, in the rig video mm, yeah, I heard. you know uh, about maple and uh, wing necks and everything oh. i was like yeah there is there of course there's a tonal difference but mm. in a full mix with a bit of saturation yeah. ah beats me <laughs> It's interesting you mentioned the multi-drive. I also own the multi-drive. And uh, for, for our uh, special project at the end of high school, we did a KISS tribute concert. Uh, oh. And uh, yeah, I went to Wittfest Gymnasiet in, in Gothenburg in Sweden. It's the biggest musical high school in the city. Okay. And we have this big auditorium that's notoriously bad for like rock, uh, rock music. It's really good for... You know, like symphonic music and classical music because it has yeah, a natural yeah. acoustic, but it's awful for, you know, anything loud. Uh, but it's it's a funny because I, I used the multi drive straight into my uh, amp at the time, Trace Elliot V Type, an amp I really oh. miss. I love that amp. Yeah. Uh, but people came after afterwards, and and the sound guy who was doing the sound is like, "Damn, what are you doing with the bass tone? That's the best bass tone I've ever had in this room." <laughs> Uh, and uh, it was just just a fun like nice moment because there's a there's a video film of it we did with two separate cameras and it's just a regular oh. you know camcorder but the bass tone is really really good <laughs> you can like That's hear it nice. cut through anything and I, di- I didn't use very much distortion but at least because no but yes a bit of saturation yeah and Gene Simmons usually has a, lo- a bit of distortion on his bass tone yeah. so so that's what I did and it sounded really amazing. <laughs> You actually missed out on two Kiss songs last weekend when I did the Tune Down to E-flat oh, <laughs> standard. Yeah, they... Uh, we, uh, let's see if you can guess them. I don't know. Detroit Rock City. Are, are big, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, here's the first one. Oh, Love Gun, of course. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't play like that. It actually plays... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the second one. I don't think you can guess this one. Mm, I recognize it, but I can't uh, name it right now. I recognize it. It was the oath from music from the elder. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> I think I played I played it wrong there, but yeah, you you get the idea. Yeah. And that's such a cool song. It's such a cool song. However, the mix on that record is like it's terrible. Yeah. 
I mean, I w- I wish they would remix it because like the like the chorus on that song, like the bass drums are doing all these like really nice sixteenth notes. Like, it sounds really cool, yeah. but you can't make it out. It's 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 yeah. I wish they would remix that album because yeah. it's a really cool album. And but hey, if you're a bass player that wants to learn how to sing and play bass at the same time, it's a fantastic way to to do that and to play Kiss songs. Yeah, because we had two singers, obviously, like we had a guitar player who did Post Stanley with the makeup and everything. Uh, and it's like there's a lot of you know back and back and towards you know uh, both singers, and it's just uh, it's surprisingly difficult at first. Uh, yeah, but but it's it's a really good learning experience uh, because you you realize you realize the way Gene plays um, bass guitar on the record, especially live, has a lot to do with the fact that he also has to sing at the same time. <laughs> because you know, yeah, doing... and he still does like yeah, like Detroit Rock City. Yeah, you gotta lose your mind in Detroit Rock. Like try sing that and play that at the same time. That's that's a big uh, coordination. Yeah, I did. It, th- that song was a bitch to to learn to doing that because the rhythm is in, in the guitars and the bass. Yeah. It, it's so like opposite to the singing, and it's uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I, I recommend everyone to try try doing just a kiss song yeah. uh, with the bass and singing and see how, how difficult it is because it's not easy. No, and uh, another one that Nalle Paulson and actually Billy Sheen brings up mm. uh, like a good <laughs> time. I can't do it. It's playing the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> TNT. And do the... Oi! Yeah. Oi! Oi! Do that as... Damn, that's hard. Yeah. That's so hard. It is. The most... That's the thing about because... bass playing. The most simple things can be really difficult when you try to sing to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a yeah, it's a nightmare. Like we do a song with the Six Feet Deeper called mm. "Here We Go Again." Mm. We're gonna do it. Uh, spoiler: We're gonna do it uh, on the 29th of April mm. uh, at Gamla Enskedebyggeri here in Stockholm. Nice. And the it's a pretty busy chorus riff. It's go like it goes like. Oh. And the one thing I have to sing over that is, oh no, <laughs> oh no. And every time we do it, like rehearse it, it feels like I'm I, I'm messing something up. Yeah. Like singing, because the riff does like the, the oh no doesn't come at the uh, mm, at the same beat. time as the first note. It's oh no. Oh yeah, the upbeat. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I messed it up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you <laughs> know what? What helped us was uh, we we actually put down our instrument and we just clapped our instrument parts yeah. while singing. That's a classic trick, yeah, and it works like a charm. Yeah, yeah, that that's a great, great advice for you out there, kids. Yes. I'm, I'm not gonna mess that up live. I, I promise. <laughs> uh, yes. So if you want to learn how to sing and play the bass, uh, play Kiss songs. Yeah, totally. And I mean, again, it comes back to that. Like, no one cares about Gene Simmons' bass tone. Yeah. They care about Paul Stanley's singing. Yeah. That's like, or like the singing in general. Hmm. Uh, and the bass is supposed to be there as a fundament. And yeah. Yeah, and they, I, there was a funny but, interview with Gene a few years ago, and I think it was in the Swedish guitar magazine Fuss. They asked him about his gear and stuff. He's like, "I played so many basses over the years, and I, I don't really yeah. care, basically." <laughs> <You know>? No, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, uh, he, he he has done like everything. He's played a lot of different basses yeah. over the years, yeah. like everything from like court to like these boutique 
bases and yeah, yeah. I mean, and the X bases from several different brands. I think Spectre did an X base for him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, w- yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. Hey, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, something figure out. Gotta give him that. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting because people tend to give him a hard time online for not being the most proficient bass player. But again, try playing Kiss songs and singing what he does yeah. when, when playing the bass. It's not it's not easy. No, and I mean, and I mean, you can you can bitch all you want about like Gene Simmons' ability to shred on bass, but mm. in, in the end, it's the same with Ace Freely. Like, yeah. there are ten thousand guitar players out there who could do what he does in his sleep, yeah. if if you will, on a technical term. Mm. However, he wasn't the one who did it, and he is the one who is responsible for countless kids picking up the guitar yeah. and standing in front of the mirror yeah. and like I want to do that and it's at the, the end of the, the day it's, and all of the, yeah. it serves the music that's all it needs to do yeah yeah totally man we're on a positive note today here. yeah so let's end <laughs> on, on a more controversial topic then uh, someone, oh. <laughs> someone posted a picture on you know the classic cliche oh Jaco only needed four strings um, the classic bass player cliche uh, that every time you yeah. show up with a five or six string people said oh Jaco only needed four strings well first of all I'm not Jaco Pistorius <laughs> no uh, and second of all imagine what would Jaco do if he had a six string I mean put put the question on, on his end and turn it the other way around what would Jaco have done if he played a six string <laughs> you know yeah yeah and I mean yeah I mean yeah, that that quote. I mean, it, it's pretty much a joke these yeah, days. I think it is. Don't you think? Like, because jazz guys who play six or mm. five strings. I mean, nobody, nobody like nobody gives them a hard time anymore. I think I'm not sure, yeah. but I mean, the Jack only needed four. Yeah, or rather, he only used four. I think he would have loved to have a six string, yeah. but I don't think he was in 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 the right frame of mind yeah. to try one out and also as they were coming there is an yeah. instructional video where he plays a five string uh, a danish called merch you know it, oh yeah it's like a semi-hollow histi- uh, piece of bass uh, oh, it's really beautiful true. it has like an old violin look to it uh so i mean he did play other basses um but i don't know like I, I go the Anthony Jackson route. Like, why should you limit yourself unnecessarily by those, you know, unspoken rules? Oh, a bass only has four strings. I mean, okay. And Keith Richard only plays five strings, and he only has five strings and a six-string guitars. You know, <laughs> he does yeah, what he does, I, and he does I, it well. And that doesn't mean it works for everyone. You know. No, and and I mean. I mean, it's the same with everything. Like, oh, you can't use distortion on bass, or you have to use distortion on bass, mm-hmm. or you can't use triggers on drums, or you have to use. Trig- I mean, every time when you state something like that, and mm. you have, you put your foot down and make a statement regarding something. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to you know music and everything, that that's that's always a, a you know a hard line or hard hard road to thread so to speak i mean once you limit yourself yeah. you yeah you 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 throw away possibilities and that's not good i mean i prefer a four string that's mm. that's the way i you know a four or a six i like five strings 
there is I mean, we talked about this before it mm. always feels like there's something missing for me yeah I, I prefer six strings when it comes to extend range basses yeah uh but I feel more fluent on a four string because it feels just way more natural to me because mm. of all of the years that I've been playing it. Yep. And uh, I mean, I was a pretty much an exclusive six string player for many years mm. uh, with structural disorder and I used the five string pretty much as a backup. And then I went for a five string for a few years and then back to four because yeah. that always felt felt like home. Mm. And I mean, limit limitations are also good in a way because they can also become a frame within you can within which you can actually yeah you know uh, create stuff absolutely it's always good to have limitations like okay i'm gonna do write a song now it's gonna be in this key yep. and in this tempo and this time signature go yeah. here's the limits yeah. here, here are the like the boundaries but if you if you go out and tell people like oh you can't do that <laughs> right <laughs> because i said so yeah <laughs> I mean, if, if if people have been like that all over history, we wouldn't be where we are right now, like, when it comes to creativity and, and technology and everything. Like, yeah. imagine the first guy invented the wheel. It's like, no, you can't do that. We we carry stuff by dragging it on the ground. I mean, yeah, but there's, there's always a more efficient way. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually read that there was a quote of a Greek philosopher who said that writing would damage the use of memory when when like hmm. the written alphabet was being you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah he actually said something i mean i mean <laughs> that kind of shows how humanity is and again there are aspects that you always need to be careful about like artificial intelligence like hmm. There are so many great aspects of it. I did a bunch of artwork today mm. uh, for a video. Uh, and I just, you know, I put in words from the lyrics and added some, you know, I wanted it to be in a synth wave type vibe. And I got yeah. artwork done. Great. However, like, there are aspects of it that scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> and uh, that, yeah. that you need to tread lightly upon. But... Again, I don't think anyone. I don't think Skynet would uh, appear because someone plays a six-string <laughs> yeah. bass. <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> Maybe we don't know. <laughs> Let's try. No, but it's interesting and because that was the end of the yeah. <laughs> end of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> the humanity. <laughs> but but take like John Stockman from from Carnival, bass player, and yeah. Carnival's music. You wouldn't typically think he's playing a six-string, but he's always playing a six-string. And he has a really interesting yeah. tuning as well. He um, he basically has a drop B tuning, so he actually tunes up uh, his E string to oh. an F sharp, uh, and the the four lowest strings are basically a drop B tuning, and then the two highest strings are like a regular six string. Uh, so so that that's the standard carnival tuning, as far as I understand. But that's messed up. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 like their music, you think oh that's just a five string, but. Then you realize that when you start to listen to his music, he mixes a lot of the you know brutal low end stuff with distortion, with uh, like chordal stuff and like melodic stuff up on the high notes. And, and yeah, lots of you know, yeah. And their music wouldn't sound the same without them. You know, he he just like he no. gets the question all the time: Why a six string? It's like, why not? It's part of our music. That's what I play. What do you care? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you play a six string? Exactly. I mean, again, yes, Jack only, Jack only played four strings, but imagine what he could have done with a six string, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he probably needed more strings, yeah. but he, he didn't have more strings. Yeah. And again, I think if he would have been in a better place mm. mentally, mm. I think he might have, you know, if he was around today, mm. maybe he would have done like his son, like yeah. Felix. I mean, Felix plays his six string yep. exclusively, pretty much. I mean, he plays a four string as well, but like most of the time when I've seen him, you know, do stuff, it's with a six string. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's it's the same with like Wolfgang Van Halen like he gets all this shit like you should do that mm. why <laughs> because that's your <laughs> did you see that uh, he, he someone posted like oh you shouldn't use your last name that's that's unfair <laughs> that's cheating pretty much why, why do you use the Van Halen name and his reply was because Van Halen is my last name you grape <laughs> I know I, I heard about that that's and really it, funny yeah and, and did you hear about the poll he did? He did a poll on Twitter. No. Like, what should I rename my band to? <laughs> and it, I think got like 35,000 votes. For, and the winning uh, one was, uh, uh, let's see, Wolfgang Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I was like, yeah. That's uh, great. It's like the, the when the British Navy, they announced the name, name giving contest for a new, new ship. Uh, and, yeah, and, yeah, shit, my, and both my both, both face. My both face, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's just just <laughs> the internet at its peak internet, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, we talk about this yeah, a lot but, uh, in our conversations of these podcasts. You know, like a, a painter and a painter's tools, or a builder and a builder's tools. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, your instrument is is an extension of your musical soul. If you feel like you express yourself better on a four string, play a four string. Uh, yeah, and, and don't let anyone say you're doing anything wrong. Like there's there's so much negativity and elitism in bass players. Even though bass players are really cool, tend to be a really cool type yeah, of people. I, we're also very like jealous of each there's other. There's a lot of farts. Yeah, there's a lot of fart sniffing. I think. Yeah, you know. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, like people enjoy their own brand. Like, oh, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I have this idea for a sketch or skit that I haven't gone around to to film. I have a totally about this. Like there's this guy driving in a car, mm. and all of a sudden he gets the urge to to let one loose. <laughs> so he parks the car, rolls up the windows, turns the AC off, lets one rip, and he just goes like, <sighs> and that's that's like the the image that I get in my head <laughs> when 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 someone is like, you know. B- being like that oh yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of and back again, rubs <laughs> in in the music yeah, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and again i'm like i yeah you met my we met one of my old students at the mm. Haken concert yep. for all of you listening um he's maybe listening to this you never know mm-hmm. uh but on the bus home we were you know talking about music and he's you know he's a pretty he's a real proficient guitar player he was mm. already when i was having him uh, as a student yep. back like three years ago um but I was like, yeah, the one thing that you should always like keep in mind is be cool, be a nice guy, yep. don't be an asshole. Because no matter how talented you are, if you're an asshole, nobody's going to work with you after yep. a while. And then then it's to no use. And yeah, be be cool and be be humble. Stay humble or be humbled, as I think it's Nita Strauss who has that on the t-shirt. And <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're, I mean, you can be how amazing as possible mm. i mean you can be the most amazing musician out there yeah. like play a gazillion notes at the speed of light <laughs> yeah. and 
like everyone was, would be like, oh, you're amazing. But if they can't work with you, if they can't, you know, trust that you're on time for the gigs or mm. rehearsals, yep. I mean, nobody's going to work with you. Yeah, of course. And, and it's interesting because it's the classic, you know, come to a show and they see I'm like, I have my bass. I, I, I played Warwick basses a lot when I was younger. And every live show, there's always this one guy before the show. Oh, why don't you get a proper bass? But but after the show, <laughs> yeah. after we play the music, they tend to be like, "Oh, the bass sounded great." Yeah, but you also told me I need to change my bass. So so which which is it? Choose one, you know. <laughs> yeah, which? Yeah, you can choose. One. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about that earlier. Like this was one of the topics that I suggested. Like you know, because I play the Billy Sheen mm. signature bass. Oh, That's yeah. like my main my main bass. Yep. And I've got a few comments about that. Like not so much recently, but you, you know, you sometimes you get it. Yeah. Like oh, you play you only play that because you want to sound like like. Yeah, he's a huge influence on me, but it's, it's also a great instrument. Yeah. Like, you never say to a guitar player, like, oh, are you a Les Paul fan? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because, I mean, like, I mean, imagine the comment sections if people would, like, go to Metallica or Guns N' Roses videos and, like, mm. oh, Slash, that doesn't sound at all like, like Les Paul. <laughs> <Right>. Hey, <laughs> hey, Kirk, yeah. you're not worthy of playing the Les Paul. You're, you're tarnishing the Les Paul name. Like, what? Yeah, signature <laughs> models are divisive, I guess. Yeah, they're very, I mean, and uh, it's like the NG3 from Dingwall, the, mm. the Nolly uh, bass. Yeah. It's an amazing instrument, and I don't think, uh, I mean, again, it, it's perfect for modern metal, and mm -hmm. most guys who play one, they they go for the Nolly-type tone. Yeah. But, hey, it's 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 an instrument, and mm. he put his, yeah, he there is a name on it. Mm. But you could always remove that with some nail polish remover. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I had a, a John Mayung's first signature Yamaha. Oh. Uh, a red one, a ruby red one, the, the one with the infinity uh, inlays. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great bass, but just at the end of the day, the spacing was way too tight for me. Uh, it wasn't as tight yeah. as it is on his, his signature bongo, but it was tighter than than the usual spec so um at the end it was too tight for my big fingers i think yeah i think like the only six string that is like big enough is like the patitucci yeah yamaha that, that's like a that's a big neck to to play though yeah. but yeah string spacing that's 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 a huge huge thing once you once you wrap your head around it yeah but yeah i mean, I mean and and no one says to like andreas boomquist of seventh wonder oh you played the john my young bass no why, do you, why don't you sound more like him exactly. because i'm me yeah it's, it's an instrument right and i mean it's yeah. your, your idols will always inspire you and like of course you want to have a tone similar to theirs but you realize a lot of things your basses are really good value for money because they usually come with extra specs like good pickups or good hardware you know uh, better preamps and that kind of yeah. stuff for for a better price than you get for you know putting those parts together individually yeah or like there are some things taken into consideration in the production that other bases don't do i mean like the yamaha attitude like yeah. the neck yeah. reinforcements mm. that you get these days Yamaha does it on the BB series as well, yeah. but they didn't do that for for years and years yeah. and years. So, uh, I mean, sometimes things like that 
like pick up some steam and you know yeah. uh, get applied to yeah. production type yeah. units but yeah uh, and i heard, Bi- yep, I heard yep, billy yep. lets those <laughs> screws a bit loose so we can do the classic neck bend yeah i know he he, he tried to loose them up uh, uh, okay. because you can do the neck bend with them in them i, I do that uh, <laughs> okay did i tell you about that uh i did that live when we played with sorcerer uh mm. when i filled in with them in denmark mm. and uh, there was this one section uh on a solo and you know doom bass is usually just you know long notes and mm. there was uh uh, for the solo, I, I used the quad cortex to pitch down to be mm. to be standard for certain parts. But I was like, this is just an E flat. I don't want to use the hip shot for just an E flat. So I went, so I bent the neck <laughs> down to, <laughs> to E flat nice. <laughs> live at like the festival gig. And mm. uh, I, I mean, y- you really need some good monitoring there because you know you don't mm. want to. Like I said, you got to be in time and in tune. But it worked, and it was you know. Yeah. It, it, it felt like a bit of like ah, I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be fun, and uh, they were they were happy yeah. with me. So, but that's a good point. Uh, call it trickle down instruments. Like the specs will trickle down to more basic yeah. lines eventually. Like I know Ibanez, they have like usually almost always almost two or three like different signature models. They have the you know the Jap- Japanese built ones. You know the the top of the line. Then they have the premium, and they, then they have like the more basic ones. And uh, yeah. like 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 you said, the the more basic ones, the more affordable ones, wouldn't probably exist unless they had the, you know the expensive ones. No, exactly. And and, and it's a good yeah. like yeah, and a, a good way to inspire young musicians as well. Oh, I like I want to have my idol's guitar. If they, that makes them play and practice more, I mean, where's the harm? There's literally just no, a win-win situation. Exactly. Yeah, I had a student at my very first job. This is ten years ago, mm. uh, and he was way into Avenged Sevenfold, oh, yeah. like big time. So he bought the signature, uh, one of the signature guitars that had, you know, the Sustainiac pickup in the neck and everything. Mm. It was like, and he, I remember him talking about this guitar every time I saw him. He was like, "I'm gonna get this. Oh, <laughs> we're looking at it. We're gonna import it." And yep. It was a big thing for him, and it made him play, and it made him, you know, yeah. sit down and practice. And yeah. you know, that's that's all you need. Yeah. That's all the reason you need to, you know, to do stuff. I guess. But again, there's so much focus on image and like looks and and everything being a certain way in music. It's always been like that, and it will probably always be like that. You know, a hundred years yeah. from now, when everything's electronic. Gonna say, oh, you're using a USB interface connection. Uh, that that's so that's so metal, you know. Uh, yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, we can really hear. Yeah, you can you hear can the hear, difference. Really hear the type A. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the type A USB there. Exactly. Oh. Uh, you know, it just saturates around 4K a bit better <laughs> than the the USB C. <laughs> right. I mean, fart sniffing again. <laughs> absolutely, and I don't know, and some pop music today like put the, the that image thing into overdrive where the image is everything you know uh and that's why i can't i can't watch the eurovision song contest anymore because it's it's so much about the image and about like yeah and it, it i mean it has nothing it has nothing to do with music yeah. and you know or let me rephrase that it has nothing to do with 
being creative yeah. in a musical environment. Yes. It has to do with music. Mm. And I mean, I- image is everything as well. I mean, look at Kiss, look at you know, sure. all these bands who are big. Absolutely. And I thought about that when we saw Haken as well. Like, yeah, they had these flowery uh, shirts that matched <laughs> yeah. the backdrop. Yep. And you know what? And that probably made someone in the audience go, who, who hadn't heard him before, like, oh, that's cool. They are like... A, yep. a unit as a band yeah. and it's goofy yep. of, of course it's goofy <laughs> and i mean but at the end of the day that's what makes you remember a band as well you know the visual yeah. thing because people listen with their eyes yeah um as we talked about before and like the the eurovision song contest it's it's not my thing it, it really isn't no. and uh, for this like every year i actually usually take like the winning winning uh, song yeah. here in Sweden and I write a Swedish lyric to it mm. and we play it at the end of end of term at, yeah. uh, at school yeah. as a celebration song but for this year I actually went with the the metal song the six feet under by uh, smash into pieces mm. um because you know it's a metal song and the kids it's it's kind of funny because I I brought it to my students and the kids in like year three they are nine years old when i played this for them like we're gonna do this they're like yes we're gonna do it oh that's so cool <laughs> like these tiny girls were like singing at the top of their lungs just sing along with the chorus mm-hmm. so i've actually i've actually transcribed everything of it and i've done a, <laughs> a backing track nice. uh, marcus uh, my, my dear friend marcus from structural disorder he did the guitars he's gonna do the vocals as well mm. yes you know because it's it's fun yeah. uh, so that, that's why but but yeah i mean the whole you know competition thing i mean it's i mean it's just it's just part of the music industry yeah. there's nothing more to it in my in my opinion it's not my it's not my cup of the tea mm. it's not my type of music uh, i don't believe that you can compete in songwriting when there's like three guys writing the songs mm. uh, i think there is something to that as well yeah. um, i mean it it has as much to do with music as american idol or evil yeah. as it's called in sweden or <laughs> you know it, it's only about you know presenting a product yeah that's all it's it funny you mentioned the, the 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 Hawaiian shirt that Haken had on on the show. I mentioned that Charlie Griffiths, one of the gu- guitarists, he I've over every time I've seen them, he's always had shorts, <laughs> and like shorts are the biggest no no on stage in rock yeah. music, and he always <laughs> does it, and it makes me laugh every time because it's he just he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just a, he's just a cool guy, play, a really good guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think I've even seen him play in socks and sandals with shorts, and it's like it breaks the norm in such a funny way that just you, you can like you got you got to respect the the goofiness, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it looks hideous. Yeah. It does, unless you're like Steve Harris, who <laughs> runs around with a football shirt. Yeah. Then, like shorts are, like I said, it's a big no-no because yeah. I don't know. Uh, but again, it it makes an impression that he always plays in shorts yeah. as well. So and it's comfortable. Sure, that. Obviously, on stage, it gets hot yeah. on stage. You know, I mean, I don't blame yeah. him. I mean, they had Hawaiian shirts, and Hawaiian shirts usually come with shorts. So. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but but like so yeah, more power to yeah. Bring uh, the shorts back or something like. Be that. yourself <laughs> yeah. on stage, gear wise, and don't let anyone else tell you anything different. You know, yeah. Uh, so many, so many. Like, I mean, so many kids' dreams would probably be crushed by that kind of pettiness. And if there's anything we need more yeah. of, is more like positivity. Uh, like you said, music doesn't need to be a competition. 
uh, competition can make you a better musician uh, but you don't need to compete with others to you know make a statement i guess no you should always and i mean you should always compete with yourself sorry you should always compete with your yourself yes. <laughs> you should always compete with yourself and you know develop mm. your own playing and make yourself you know more uh i don't know solid if you will yeah. but uh, if you start comparing yourself to others in terms of success yeah. and stuff like that you're 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 gonna end up miserable so mm. Always look at yourself and like, okay, where am I now? Where do I want to go? I want to go there. Oh. Uh, someone else is already there. I'm not going to compare myself to them, but I'm going to strive to get to their place just to, you know, see what it's like yeah. and uh, has it a, have it as something to motivate you, yep. if you will. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's yeah. that's a good note to end it on, end it on a positive note. Yeah. Um, In a major key, if you will. Ooh. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, um, sorry for taking this long of a break. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why life got in the way, uh, but hopefully yeah. we'll have some some more regular updates coming. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, you've been busy mo- like Moving. getting a new job yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I, I'm a family guy and I've got, I've got gigs and YouTube stuff. So there is, yeah. you know... Lucky is the family guy, they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tonight I wasn't that lucky. My daughter caught some stomach bug, uh-huh. so uh, I was I was downstairs mm. playing bass at like quarter to ten last night, and my wife suddenly like, Eric, you need to come up now, and she was just you know throwing, oh. yeah, just doing the nice. yeah the big yeah, yeah. The, that that was a sound she made. Mm. Uh, so I was uh, <laughs> yes, but she's she seems to be okay now. Hopefully, knock nice. on wood. Um, but um, yeah, yeah it, it was a long night of doing laundry. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> me, me, and me and the cats did the laundry. <laughs> of course, yeah. We, I mean, we promised people we were talking more about cats, not just bass, but also cats. Uh, what happened to our cat talk? We must incorporate this in future episodes. Yeah, we need to have the standing points. Are your cats okay? Are they okay with the the house mm, showings and everything? Yeah, but. They're a bit like they're 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 nagging me more than usual. <laughs> they're meowing for no reason, uh, but but they should be yeah, fine. I mean, no, no. cats adapt. Uh, dogs like compared to dogs, cats adapt so much faster. I think. Yeah, uh, from experience. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we we also found that a lot of bass players also like cats very much. It's very interesting. So. <laughs> Hopefully that yeah, could be a I topic mean, in, uh, in yeah, and of itself. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah. I think it will. Yes. We need to find pictures of bass players' cats and discuss them, I think. That would be a fun <laughs> topic to do. I mean, we already know the obvious one, Billy. It's a big cat person. Yeah, Billy had... Yeah, he had Spooky and now he has Rebel. And yeah. uh, Connor, yeah. uh, Mr. Green, has uh, two cats as well. He told me a Scottish Fold and a Bengal. Oh. Uh, that's yeah. nice. So, uh, if you That's like nice. cats, look so, forward to the next episodes. <laughs> yeah, and if you're allergic, sorry, uh, we love you. And if you're a dog person, uh, reconsider your choices in life. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in the next episode yes. of Oh Great, it's another basic podcast with cats. With cats. <laughs> my name is Cat Sam, and my name is Cat Eric. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you. Bye. Bye.